Hello and welcome to Mike's Open Journal, episode 38. Uh, and this evening I've been talking with a lot of friends and a few new friends where we have been having the hashtag TalkMH chat. And this evening's mental health topic has been OCD. Uh, we've been very fortunate to have Nicole leading our conversation this evening. Uh, I have jumped pretty much straight onto the podcast as soon as the chat has finished. It didn't look like, um, I didn't get, I don't think, uh, any messages from anyone saying that they were going to come on this evening. Um, so I thought I'd jump straight on uh, and kind of record a, a quick one this evening. Um, I was at work uh, up until, well, very much the moments before uh, the talk started this evening uh, as we had an open evening at work. So I literally just came in through the door five minutes before the chat started, um, kind of managed to grab some food, sat down, did the chat um, and yeah, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty tired, pretty worn out. Um, but I do just want to touch on a couple of topics from the chat today. Uh, if you are a listener to the podcast, you will probably see that um, I think I'm going to be posting uh, a mobile mic around about the same time that this post or this episode goes up. Um, and that was recorded uh, earlier today at lunchtime, just a short, I think, three minutes of me having a chat about kind of what's going on at the moment. Um, so you can look out for that one. It'll come out around the same time as this episode. Uh, but this evening, as I said, we've been talking a little bit about OCD. And I think one of the things that was really interesting to come up is that a lot of people kind of agreed on a few points, and that's great. Um, but it also makes some of the negatives, I guess, that much worse uh, because we're able to to realise um, that we all kind of agree on these things and yet they still don't happen. Um, so I'm just trying to scroll through my feed a little bit um, so I can pick up on some of the main topics from this evening. Uh, had obviously a few people early on um, welcoming themselves to the group, saying hi to everyone. Um and I have to admit, um, I said at the start of the evening, um, I do struggle a little bit with the um, the comments when we were replying to an original tweet. Um, sticking that hashtag TalkMH on your replies as well, sometimes that's really difficult to, to remember. Um, you just kind of get carried away where there's so many messages and so many comments going on to actually remember to put in <laughs> the hashtag in the first place so it stays in that conversation feed so that everyone else can see it and not just... The person that you're applying to. Um, I think one of the initial points I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that I've um, commented on the questions so it's easy for me to put up the questions. Um, so the first question that Nicole put to us this evening was uh, when we use the term OCD um, or when she uses the term, what are, her, what are our initial thoughts um, in our head? So um, when you hear the term OCD, what are your kind of initial thoughts or feelings around that? Um, and I think for me, kind of the first thing that I was mentioning was the fact that um, it actually brought up a lot of anger for me uh, because earlier this morning, while I was listening to a radio show, um, they actually continually mentioned anxiety um, in a very, um, I feel like, a quite a negative uh, way. And we're really kind of using it more as a term rather than an illness. 
I think that's something that really gets a lot of us that are involved and affected by uh, mental health illnesses. Um, that the conditions that we are affected by or exposed to are very much used as just kind of a general common term. And there isn't kind of appreciation given to the fact that these are serious illnesses. They do cause um, both mental and physical damage to the people that are directly affected and indirectly affected. Um, and I just feel like the danger um, that comes with the misuse of, of these terms. Um, and I've said it before, I think um, the people that go around saying, oh, I'm so OCD or I'm so depressed or I'm so... Um, I'm really like riddled with anxiety or whatever it's not for me to judge like if you are you are Um, but I seriously question sometimes the usage that these uh, words are given Um, and would you really see someone walking around saying I feel so cancery I just mm, I'm in that crossover I guess between like being ridiculously angry about it and um, just I guess disappointed. Oh, isn't that what your parents would say? Just disappointed. Um, so yeah. So my initial thought was that it got me a little bit annoyed about um kind of the misuse of some of those terms, uh, early doors. Um, and I said I think also for me, um, when I hear um some of the terms like um anxiety, OCD, or depression, um for me sometimes that also brings up images of people I've spoken to. Uh, So through the podcast, I've been very fortunate in being able to talk to a number of different people who have spoken with me quite openly about their kind of general thoughts and feelings around mental health, but also specifically about their own experience. Uh, So when talking about OCD, in my mind, I think of Rich, um, who's been on the podcast a few times, talking about his experience um, with OCD. And also when I have spoken to Jess um, over in New Zealand uh, when she's spoken through some of the experiences and difficulties that she's had when dealing with OCD as well. Um, But specifically, I guess for me, the the thoughts that it brings up are are kind of people suffering with or affected by things that are obsessions, compulsions, um, becoming isolated, having rituals, um, kind of repetition of things um, and just kind of being unsatisfied so it could be that you're unsatisfied that something isn't done properly that it needs to be checked it needs to be redone um, that kind of I guess those are the kind of uh, images words or thoughts that OCD brings up for me um, uh, and I would say that obsessive compulsive disorder is something that I don't feel like I'm affected by. I do think um, I have, I guess, some of the symptoms. Um, So I believe that all mental health, in kind of the same way that we have physical health, um, all just sits on a scale. Um, So everyone will be affected by, um, say, in this case we're talking about OCD, everyone will be affected by that. Now, some people will sit on that scale and be at a 5 out of 100. And so it's never really going to kind of cross their mind too much. They might do one or two things um, here and there that are going to draw no attention to anyone, including themselves. Some people will sit at 50 and they'll be noticeably be affected by that. 
They may have rituals, habits, um, kind of slight uh, compulsions that they do. Um, but again, they're able to get on largely with their day-to-day life. And then you have people that are affected by it to a much larger extent that are or can be um, become isolated, um, reserved, unable to complete everyday tasks or live what we would consider uh, a traditional um, life. Uh, and for that reason, it can be very de- de- have I made up a word? Dehubilitating. Oh my god. Dehabilitating. Dehabilitating. I think that's the word. I got there in the end. Um, so yeah, for me, everything sits on a scale. Um, people may agree or disagree with that. That's fine. Um, but for me, that's kind of how I see it. And I think um, sometimes that doesn't really come across. People don't think um, in the same way. And Sometimes there can be misunderstanding about that. Uh, so for me, the symptoms I have been affected by in the past, I've, I gradually am kind of out of that cycle. It still crosses my mind, but I'm able to kind of push past it as much as I can. Are small things like being in the shower um, and kind of naturally turning around, maybe in a circle as you do your hair or you're um, getting a different part of your body wet. Uh, but then I would have to kind of turn back around so I was still facing the same way as I had been at the beginning. Um, so if I turn kind of a full circle around to the right, then once I've finished doing whatever I'm doing, then I'd have to turn a full circle around to the left. So I'm still facing the same way. Um, facing the same way doesn't quite cover it. I'm, I think I'm getting it across. I'm assuming I'm getting it across. Um, so you're facing the same way as you were originally. Um, you have that same, I guess, point of orientation. I don't know. Um, and I'd also have a thing where I would go downstairs and I'd obviously you step on each step as you're going down and have like a little fun jump at the bottom where I'd miss the bottom step. Uh, but I couldn't walk away from that bottom step. I'd touched every other step. So I had to touch the bottom step. So I would kick my foot back just to touch that bottom step before I walked away. Now for me, these are symptoms of uh, OCD. But it does not mean I have OCD, uh, as these are small things that actually over time I've been able to kind of cut back on so I don't do as much sometimes at all. Um, It's not controlled my life in any way. Um, These are two, I would say, quite specific things. Um, It's not spread across anything else. So I feel like I do have symptoms, um, but I would in no way say I have OCD or am really affected by it. But I think that comes from, um, I guess, recognising some of the things that I do, um, but also having had the experience of talking to people where actually, yeah, like the little quirks that I may have may be like a little quirk, but it doesn't stop me doing something. Um, Once I'm able to kind of walk away from that, I can move past that. I'm not drawn to come back to that um, in the way that some people are affected by their thoughts um, and the actions that they feel they need to take. Uh, we also spoke about the fact that um, there are a number of kind of different views as to media portrayal of mental health kind of generally, but obviously specifically for tonight towards OCD and the fact that it's kind of really inaccurately portrayed. Again, I think we'd all agree that's pretty common across um, all mental health. Um, 
but it can become very isolating and it can become a very negative experience for people to really be engaged with. Um, it doesn't help um, when people don't understand what OCD is. Um, I think we had, uh, just looking through, I think Mel mentioned the fact that unfortunately um, there's so much negative kind of connotation and association with being an OCD freak uh, and the term being thrown around a lot, it just being seen as being something that has to do with uh, being clean and tidy and constantly kind of wanting things to be clean when, yeah, sure, that feeds into it, but like, to a large extent that, that's such a small part of um, this illness. Um, Courtney, in fact, says she feels like society abuses the term uh, and makes light of OCD all too often, um, which is definitely something which I think a lot of us would agree with. Um, Anxiety Warrior mentions the fact that he or she um, has met a few people um, through social media and it's really opened their eyes to what OCD is um, and that they're always looking to learn uh, about mental illnesses and be able to talk to other people as well. I think definitely agree with that. I'd definitely say through the podcast I've had an amazing opportunity to talk to, to listen to and have discussions with a number of different people that are affected by a number of different um, mental illnesses uh, and that's been um, from a personal point of view uh, a great experience to be able to have and through the podcast to be able to kind of share that message as well. Uh, we then kind of moved on to to talk a little bit about um, some of the ways that uh, stigma could be reduced around OCD uh, and again kind of lots of conversation about education the need to educate people from a young age about what mental health is what it can be how people can be affected by that um, just by having that conversation it actually lifts and to some extent removes the stigma that surrounds this topic i think also it's giving i think recognition to the fact that we are engaging um, in the hashtag TalkMH conversation on a social media platform, um, which uh, I know not everybody, um, but I think a large amount of people have public accounts. And so the tweets that they're sending out that they're um, using to join in and be part of that conversation are viewable by anyone. And I think that in itself does a huge amount to help reduce the stigma around mental health and obviously tonight we're talking about OCD when we're looking at kind of that online conversation so much more um, I think is it's obviously great for us to be involved in those topics but uh, conversation sorry there's so many people I think that um, I don't know if privately is the right word but that look at and follow those discussions and read the posts that people put and um, they might not necessarily be actively involved in that conversation but they take so much from the fact they're able to listen and if they wanted to they could um, talk in that discussion and um, be involved in it. I think the work that um, we do as people on obviously specifically Twitter here but on social media um, really helps to reduce the stigma to raise awareness 
and to give people the opportunity to to have additional um, support, communication and community around mental health. Um, I think we also spoke a little bit about blogging and vlogging and the benefits of the work that um, individuals and groups do using those social media platforms and kind of really providing that material online for people to look at um, privately in their own time, uh, go through and maybe ask some questions or get some information about things that they may be not willing to uh, talk about um, in real life or ask someone kind of directly or face to face. Um, so the more, I guess, content or material um, that we put out there by talking about mental health, whether that's our, um, our opinions uh, generally on the subject or our own experience, uh, I think that's all hugely important. Obviously, I think personal stories, our own experience, is is more powerful. Uh, I don't know about other people, but myself, I find those kind of stories or those kind of posts uh, more interesting to read or to watch. I just kind of find them more engaging, I guess. Um, so I think that makes a huge difference. That's not to say that more improvement doesn't need to be made. It definitely does. Um, and education is a huge part of that but um, I think it's also about giving recognition to the things that we already do which is great uh, skimming through um, I think a couple of people mentioned the fact that actually being part of the group being part of the conversation has made a huge difference for them um, I know some people um, opt in or out of different weeks because they feel like they don't have things to kind of add into the discussion um, and I completely get that for me I think it's also about kind of um, listening in or reading in to uh, the points that other people have the experiences that they've had and kind of offering kind of support to some extent and educating myself as well with regards to the experiences that other people have had um, and the ways that they have been affected. And I think sometimes it also fits into just the fact that uh, it's another um, area of mental health as well. I think there can be a lot of crossover when we're talking about things like stigma, uh, a lack of education, um, the way to support uh, people that are currently experiencing or struggling with those mental health illnesses, whichever specific one um, we're talking about. Uh, just skimming through again um, a few people mentioned obviously the fact that through um, these conversations and these chats they've also met other people that they've been able to talk to um, and talk about their experience and kind of gain that greater understanding of support which has been awesome uh, just looking through to try and find the last couple of questions I think next week I feel like maybe I'll write the questions down while the chat is happening rather than have to scroll back through that would be a very clever thing to do that's probably why I didn't do it it's the cleverness required to do that the forethought um, again might as well do it at this midway point just to save a little bit of time um, and to distract from the fact that I'm just scrolling through Twitter now to try and find those previous questions uh, a big shout and a big thank you to Hannah Ranley for 
kind of coming up with and creating the hashtag talk in the first place. So a big thank you to her. And I've now found the right place. So here we are. Question four. Um, what are our views on TV shows? Um, oh, what are our views on the TV show? Obsessive compulsive cleaners. Um, I've actually never heard of this program, so my input is fairly minimal. Um, I did say that based on the title of this show, I feel like it's probably a stigma-filled pile of crap. And a few people that have seen or watched that program agreed with me. So I feel like, um, yeah, just go by the title on this one. As much as we say don't go by titles, don't judge a book by its cover, um, I feel like uh, the title is probably an accurate description of that program. And I'm going to listen to the reviews that have been given to me by viewers of that program, which are, don't bother. Uh, so, yeah, loads of people talked about that program and how awful it was, how stigma-filled it was. And, um, yeah, question five. <laughs> um, do you ever use OCD to describe things which aren't OCD? Would you ever call someone out for using the term OCD incorrectly? And I think it's kind of uh, a nice round-off, I guess, to the start of that conversation or the start of the chat this evening. Uh, most people said, yeah, do you know what? Like, in the past, I have used um, the term OCD incorrectly. Um, sometimes I still do. Um, and we also had a bit of a side discussion about the use of the word normal. And I think I, I very much tried to use um, the word traditional when historically I would have said normal. Um, and you think of the times, for me, I think of the times when I would use the word normal. So when I'm talking about um, maybe, uh, oh, I don't know now, I don't like to give an example. Um, if we say like, oh, that's a normal house or that's a, a normal person or that's a normal car, usually in my mind, what we actually mean is that's, what I was expecting and what you're expecting is usually something that you've seen or experienced before so then it's a repetition of something it's something that's happened before and before and before that's the same looking person as the person before them as the person before them as the person before them that house looks like a house because it looks like every other house I've ever seen so actually traditional really fits the bill for a word that I want to use most of the time um, and it's gradually trying to filter that into my own um, like verbal vocabulary as much as it is in my written um, and I think a lot of the time it fits you know um, I mean normal has its own place and will be important at different stages um, but I think for me traditional kind of fits the bill a lot more often and kind of reduces that stigma I guess that comes with normal and inevitably then not normal uh, so yeah we had a little bit of a chat about the use of the word normal um, and that tv program and then a nice little round off at the end um, it was really interesting and really great obviously to have Nicole lead our chat and have a really good conversation I think this week I'd say, um, as I said, I don't feel like there's as much for me to, to talk through being someone that's not really affected by OCD. But I think in terms of the chat itself, it's great to have, again, a lot more people being engaged and talking about their own experiences with OCD. And I think it's also worth mentioning at this stage, I'm going to do a little bit of a cheeky thing and shout out another mental health chat when I am here talking about 
hashtag TalkMH, uh, which is obviously on Thursday evenings. But I also really engage quite a lot with uh, the Mental Health Hour, which is hashtag uh, Mental Health HR. And uh, that chat is on a Monday evening and is, again, kind of builds up the fact that um, being involved in these discussions and these groups, sometimes it's the same people, sometimes it's different people. Um, it's really nice. Like I quite enjoy the fact that the Mental Health Hour chat is actually on a Monday. Um, and I kind of have this thing where I actively avoid doing anything on a Monday evening. So I'm kind of always in. Uh, it's the first day. Monday is always a bit of a struggle after the weekend. So like a Monday evening chat is quite a good one for me. Uh, so I do enjoy that. So do check that out Monday evenings, um, uh, which is the hashtag mental health HR. Um, and interestingly, I'm just going to pull it up, um, because I'm actually yet to know her name, but, uh, we do have, let's put up the tweets. Um, so at M blogger 101, so mental health blogger, um, who has created that chat, um, is someone that's going to be a guest on the podcast in the future. So I'm very much looking forward to talking with her very soon um, and actually finding out what her name is. Um, so I don't have to call her mblogger101. And I will say uh, that it was great to, to be involved in those conversations earlier on this evening um, with the hashtag TalkMH guys. I'm very much looking forward to next week's chat where hopefully I'll have a little bit more to say to you afterwards in the podcast so this is a shorter one thank god it's probably still half an hour still waffled quite a while um so thank you very much and again if you're interested in coming on to the podcast in the future uh maybe chat through following on from the talk mh chat uh i would be delighted to talk to you uh so thank you very much for listening uh and please do remember you're not alone out there